Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast at Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also, check us out on FiveReasonsSports.com for all the latest content without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including Ocean's Finest. You can find them at OceansFinest.com. Actually, you found them in Miami, in this area down here for more than 40 years, providing Finest seafoods to the high-end cruise line industry and five-star dining establishments alike. But now you can get Ocean's Finest directly to your door. That's right. You can order using the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN for 20% off now through Father's Day. And you can get the best variety of premium seafoods from jumbo shrimp and large snow crab legs to individually vacuum-packed beautiful portions of Atlantic salmon, mahi-mahi, ahi tuna, and more that allow you to eat as you go while remaining fresh for longer. So check them out at oceansfinest.com. Again, that's oceansfinest.com. Make sure you use the code 5RSN and you get 20% off. Get that order in as soon as you hear the podcast so you got a chance to get it for Father's Day. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan full crew again. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And Greg Sylvander, you can follow him at Greg Sylvander. As we mentioned, we're going to start to do some single topic episodes as we go forward leading up to the draft and then to free agency. Of course, the draft is coming up next thursday now we handled the exit interviews yesterday so make sure you check that out on the podcast feed and also really at this point you should be subscribed to off the floor already uh we're near 500 subscribers there had a bunch past couple days we are putting content there for the draft and free agency that you're not going to get anywhere else including our twitter feeds so we know that a lot of you like to follow us on twitter we'll still give you some stuff but we're giving you a lot of the inside stuff things that we hear uh greg put up his uh, first of three draft reports today on the guards so make sure you check that out on the feed, also Alex yesterday uh, was was posting all the stuff from the exit interview. So as soon as you sign up, you start getting the texts directly to your phone. And look, if it's too much or the wrong time of day, just hit mute alerts, okay? And then come back to it whenever it is that you want to read it. All right, let's get to it. One topic today, it's Bradley Beal. Uh, we'll talk about Dame Lillard and others as we go forward. We've got Sean Hyken on on Monday to talk about Dame. We're also going to have Bobby Marks from ESPN on to break down the CBA and the Heat's path forward. But we're going to get into Beal today because this has been, at this point, a four-year conversation about whether or not Bradley Beal would end up in Miami. We've all gotten old, or at least I have, during that period of time. I remember having a conversation with Candace Buckner, uh, who has covered Beal for a long time, and Michael Lee and others, okay, on this very podcast about whether Beal would ever end up in Miami. And I'm holding that against Candace because when it finally happens, if it finally happens, I'm throwing it back at her because she, well, she's been right for four years. But anyway... Time to bring them on again. We might. As soon as, well, if this, I don't want to say as soon as, because that's going to get aggregated. So we don't know that it's necessarily going to happen, but clearly there's more smoke than ever before. And that's because of a couple of reports that have come out. Uh, First, the one that Bradley Beal, that that the Washington Wizards would be willing to work with him on a trade if they decide to kind of pivot towards a total rebuild. And the Wizards have kind of been stuck in purgatory 
in the lower middle for a while. Um, but also, you know, more reports now about what the Wizards are actually looking for, which is essentially, according to reports today, a salary match and a couple of first-round picks. So what we're going to evaluate first thing is, is this the direction that the Heat want to go in terms of the assets that they have? Can they keep someone like Tyler Hero while acquiring Bradley Beal? And does that even make sense? Uh, and beyond that, is Bradley Beal worth the money at this stage? Which I, I think when you're looking at a team that is pressed up with luxury tax issues and all of the rest, uh, may Carnival stock keep rising? Uh, it, it is a reasonable question uh, on whether or not Bradley Beal is worth this kind of monster contract because, and I'm just going to throw this out here, Greg. He hasn't done a lot of winning the last few years. The defense has not been terrific the past couple of seasons. Some of the percentages have been down. Availability has been a bit of an issue. And I will say I was like the Bradley Beal, go get this guy proponent, you know, for again, four years. And and I don't know, I'm kind of lukewarm to it with the money that he's making. Am I wrong? Maybe a little bit. I think that Bradley Beal, the idea of Bradley Beal in Miami has been in Heat fans and Heat analysts' head for so long that it's almost like we've thought about it to the point of exhaustion and we're like on to the next one because we have envisioned this in so many different ways. I mean, I literally remember January 2019 was the first time I heard that the Heat and Bradley Beal had, um, uh, you know, uh, mutual... uh, interest in each other i remember at all-star weekend in charlotte ethan you and i uh mm-hmm. we did a charity <laughs> event there for Dwayne, and it, who was with Dwayne? bradley beal mm-hmm. and michael jordan was there too that was a fun event akaius duncan was with us <laughs> so there's been like this common thread with bradley beal and i'll just say this last season he was um actually i think a bit more efficient than he's been previously and that was what really jumped out when I was just reviewing, because now the question is, there's, there's a few things here that we need to unpack. And you asked a very loaded question about Beal, because mm-hmm. he makes $46 million, right? So mm-hmm. he's a lot better of a player than I think now he gets credit for. Chris Bosch didn't play on a winning team. Shout out to Chef Trilly for pointing that out before he got to Miami. There's been other players that have came to Miami before being in winning situations and found their way to winning. Jimmy Butler's another one. So I would just say that if you could get off Duncan Robinson's long-term money with an expiring contract or something like that, uh, like Kyle Lowry, for instance, because this is a whole part of this, and I don't want to keep rambling because we have to set up the rest of this episode about what it's going to cost to get him. But if it's Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, if that's what you're saying has to go out for Bradley Beal, I'm not, I don't want to include more than one pick, maybe, maybe the 18th pick mm-hmm. this draft. Bradley Beal and Tyler Hero, there has been a gap closed, but Bradley Beal is still a better player than Tyler Hero. That's true, but I'm going to go through something here, Alex, okay? Um, 2017, 2018, Bradley Beal at age 24. And remember, this is a guy who came into the NBA at 19, and I'm going to sound like, I'm negative on Bradley Beal. I'm just playing devil's advocate guy today because, again, I was pushing for Beal trades forever. But there are some realities that I think we need to actually look at tonight, okay? 82 games in 17-18. 82 games in 18-19. Since then, now some of this was there were fewer games during COVID, all the rest of this, but 57 games, 60 games, 40 games, 50 games. And look, and Greg, Greg hit on this. The efficiency was better this past year compared to the last one. He went up from 45% from the field to 51, almost 
he shot from mostly because of the increase in three. He 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 bottomed to thirty percent, even thirty percent. Okay, two seasons ago, and he was at six thirty six point five percent on four and a half attempts this year. Assists were down a little bit. Uh, steals the same. Blocks the same. Rebounds down a little bit. Overall scoring numbers same as last season. Uh, but again, not in the 30.5, 31.3 that he did the two seasons prior to that. So his stat line right now, which for a while, when, when I was pushing for them to acquire him a few years ago, it didn't happen. I mean, we were talking about him doing things that only Dwayne had done, 25-5-5, all that sort of stuff. He's tailed off from that in terms of the counting stats. The team, he didn't do it because the team's winning more. The team's not winning more. Uh, and the percentages, again, bumped back up this past year, which I guess is a good sign. But if you just looked at his stat line, his age, you'd say, that's a really good player. But you don't say it's a $60 million player, which is pretty close to what his contract's going to be by the end of it. So how do you feel about this? Well, the good thing, I mean, the good thing about this for Heat fans is that all of these things, when it comes to Bradley Beal, whether you're talking about the contract, you know, shout out to him and his agent, I believe it's Mark Bartlestein. I mean, they just did an incredible job there. I believe he's like the fourth highest paid player in the league. So, you know, shout out to him. He got his money and you can't fault him for saying yes to that type of money. That That is legitimately life-changing money, that contract that he was able to sign. So good for him and his agent. They did a great job there from their end. But um, I think because of that, because of um, the injury and just general availability history that you brought up there, because of the fact that he just came off of a quote-unquote down year, um, when you look at just overall stat line going from whatever it was, 30 points a game to 23, um, I think people have soured on him overall um, as a player. And specifically, his value has really tanked um, it, it, from a trade perspective, it feels like, than what it could have been, you know, obviously before he signed that big contract. It's just I, I think people are starting to put him in that category of, um, you know, players who put up bad numbers on bad teams and aren't considered winning players. Um, you did mention that some of that stuff over the years was COVID related. And, you know, obviously the NBA was kind of all over the place for a couple of seasons because of that. Um, the injury stuff is a very real and still relevant concern. But I think because of all these concerns that you have about trading for him um, and because of that no trade clause, he is just available at a bargain compared to what you would normally have to trade for a star of his caliber. So it's like all these things are kind of favoring you. And although, you know, all of that is to kind of paint paying somebody who is the fourth highest paid player in the league in a positive light, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay that to win a championship with, you know, and, and trading for another star type of player. Like, you're going to have to pay a crap ton of money. I'm trying to center myself here. You're going to be a luxury tax team regardless. You're almost undoubtedly going to be a second apron team regardless so why not go all in right and obviously i'm not the one who would be paying the money here but um i think at that point you know the heat are kind of the perfect situation to take on a bradley beal here and he obviously has interest as well um you know this is the type of situation where it just makes sense to trade for somebody um like him and i know that people want to say you know tyler seven years younger and they had you know they put up they put up kind of similar production i don't really see it that way um I think you might not have to trade Tyler uh, for Bradley Beal. And even if hold, you did, hold that, hold that. Yeah. Uh, that, that. That's where we're going after the break. But so, I want to yeah. say one thing, though. Like, the, the, the real thing that separates them 
is the way that Bradley Beal is able to get to the rim. And I think he's a much better playmaker than Tyler, too. And I'm not trying to crap on him. I'm just saying, like, people want to act like they're the same type of player because they both shoot the ball really well. But Brad gets to the rim and playmakes at a higher level than he does. No question. And, look, there's a relationship with Bam, for sure. Uh, but when you're talking about money, Alex, and this is this is kind of the point, you're right. They're going to have to go all in at some point if they want to win to the level that that we think that they should be winning at during Jimmy Butler's prime. And yet when you make this move, this is the all-in move. And so then it becomes sort of a, a discussion of, you know, is okay, so is this the guy? And and I, I think two years ago we would have said yes, like no no question. And I just I, – when I look at it, Brady, you know, the other thing that doesn't come up in those metrics as I'm giving stats and all the rest of this is that his defense the past couple of years has not been high level. I mean, th- see, this is one of the things that I – and that's what I want to get to you about, it, whether it's better than maybe it's being portrayed right now because maybe he's on a team where he's been a bit lazy for the past couple of years because they're not going for anything. But to me, that was the difference between Jimmy and, and – that's the difference between acquiring Jimmy, even though Jimmy was a little older at the time, I guess, or about the same age, um, and, and Bradley Beal – was that we knew Jimmy was a two-way player. Um, the issues were more sort of inside the locker room, which turned out to be blown up totally out of proportion because, again, he was with the wrong type of guys. Is Bradley Beal at, at, your, in, at this stage, is he – I mean, is, is he a good defender? Because I, I, I think on the basketball side, that matters here. No, I don't think he's a good defender, but you're, you're not swapping him for an elite defender into True. a lineup so it's not like you're you're losing out in a way and i'm not even putting you that in position of tyler it's like if max walks you're putting him at the two guard if this or if, duncan if Duncan's or, yeah, not right. playing you put him in so it's it's just a different scenario and and the one thing to that point the defense does not scare me the the contract i guess to an extent scares you it is the thing that you point out and it's the injury history and it's the game's played because the mm-hmm. whole point of this run that we just witnessed was the fact that their third best player was not there and that was not tyler's fault and I hate to see that part of this because we keep talking, like we talk about the injury history of Beal, and I keep seeing that come up with Tyler. Like this injury was not like that. <laughs> like that. And I know right. that's a whole other topic, and I don't even feel like getting into that. It's true uh, though. But it was just an, it, you need to have your best players available, and if you trade for a guy, you have to be able to have that trust in him, especially uh, at this stage of their career. If you're putting that type of money into him, that he's going to be playing in those big games. So that's the part I think that matters most. In terms of the other stuff, you mentioned kind of the efficiency, and, and that was kind of the, the main thing that I was looking at as well was the efficiency stuff. Alex said on the stuff around the rim. Uh, I'm not even trying to compare him with with Tyler constantly, but like, for example, Tyler was really good in the mid-range pull-ups. We know that that's his game. I think he shot around 42% from the field from that range in the regular season. I think Beal was like at 49% to put that in kind of comparison to put that in a little bit of context. So like that's his game. And there's also the, the comparison of like, yeah, he's not winning. He's in a certain situation, but it's also like he's seeing all the attention in Washington. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe he could be putting up more points. Well, he just played on a team that had three 20-point-per-game scores with Kuzma and Porzingis. Like, the, like they had a team that even though they weren't winning, he probably could have put up more points and juiced up his stats, and all of a sudden we're sitting here saying, oh, my God, they could trade for a 26-point-per-game scorer, and, and now things look different. But that just wasn't the way they played things. And we know there's context of anything with – being a first option, slotting into a heat, heat offense where now teams are worried about Bam as a roller. Now teams are worried about Jimmy as a number one option. And then all, all of a sudden you have Bradley Beal. And I think that's where the comparison comes in with Tyler. And it's it's just a, a battle of things that you have to just predict that we just don't know. But the things we do know is that we've seen Bradley Beal be one of the best scorers in this league for so long. So that's kind of the extent of this. But to your original point, like the, I think the, the small stuff, like I think the – 
the idea of of Bradley Beal kind of like tailing off and and the as a player, I'm not talking about the injury stuff as it's defensively and all this other stuff. I think that's kind of blown out of proportion. I still think he's a really good player. I just think it comes in this the fact that the position that Bradley Beal's in, the position that Washington is is in, and the position that Miami's in, I feel like they feel, and I'm not the one, I know you guys can speak this better, like that's like a backup plan. And I know this brings flashbacks mm-hmm. to like the, mm-hmm. the Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell stuff, or the Kyrie Irving stuff. Or Oladipo and Lowry. Or, or Oladipo and Lowry at the trade deadline a couple years ago. When they and ended up getting Depot first. Like, yeah. It just feels like that to me where, you know, Bradley Beal's in a position where he, I, I'm pretty sure he has a no trade clause. So even if he says Miami, he could... Miami could say, okay, hold that. Give us a second. Let us let us shop around mm-hmm. the league for a little bit. So it's this doesn't feel like those other situations where it was like in a rush, where it was like you're going to miss out on Donovan Mitchell because all of a sudden he's going to Cleveland. Like I, I don't view that as this. I feel like he's sitting there, and I feel like that's kind of the position Miami feels like they're in. All right, we're going to get to compensation and hero uh, and related topics after the break here. But before we get to it, a couple of things. This is the kind of move, a hero for Beal, that the Heat make all the time. It just is, and I always end up arguing in some people's view the wrong side of this where I'm afraid to give up the young player uh, to get the the better player, uh, the guy who's better right now. And, you know, it, and but if you look back at the history, whether it's Odom and Butler for Shaq or you look at Josh Richardson and other pieces we thought they were going to have to include, which they didn't, as it turned out, uh, to get Jimmy, um, that, that typically, you know, again, when the Heat trade the younger guy, for the better guy, the younger guy they trade never ends up reaching the level of the better guy that they get. And so, so that is, that, that is sort of the cautionary tale for those who are arguing against the Beal transaction uh, because they're arguing that Hero will get to a Beal level and you should be patient with him. We know what Beal is, and the question is how long can he stay relatively close to that level, regardless of how much that you think that he dipped. But I'll say this about the availability thing, okay? I don't think that Bradley Beal is – and, and I know, I know, is it Alex who hates this or Brady who hates this when I do this? I don't think he's the alpha guy on this team if he comes. It's still Jimmy. But I think what Beal That's why can, it's perfect. I understand. But I think what, but see, Dame is the alpha guy. Dame comes here and like Jimmy's going to defer to him, okay, in a lot of situations. I, I think Jimmy may defer to Beal some, but I don't know that Beal will necessarily do it based on what I've watched at Bradley Beal in Washington. But I'll, I'll say this, okay? The availability matters in the regular season because I think part of the reason for this move is that Jimmy does not have to carry in the regular season and can be the alpha when it matters and provided that Josh Hart doesn't take out his ankle again, can get to the finish line as that kind of closer, at least either ahead of Beal or complementary to Beal in those situations. And so Bradley Beal being available for the regular season is a large part of this move. It's not just about getting you to the finish line in the playoffs. It's about getting 65 to 70 games out of Bradley Beal so that Jimmy doesn't have to play more than 60. And you can still get the kind of seed. And so you don't have to go through this gauntlet that you went through this year when you started three straight series on the road and had to go up and win in Boston in a game seven. So I do think the availability with Beal matters. And the types of injuries we talked about with Beal, and I'm glad that this was pointed out, uh, earlier here. It's not the same as Tyler hurting his hand, diving for a loose ball, whether you thought he should have dove for it or not. Beal's injuries are more kind of, they take some time to get back from, and they're not the freak thing. Uh, and I always, so when players say someone's injury prone, I, when it's a freak injury, I don't include it, okay? But Beal's stuff, some of it was legit, and you've got to worry about some wear as you go forward because 
He came in as a number three pick at 19 years old. He was the youngest guy in the league when he came in. He's played a lot, okay, even if he hasn't played in the postseason a lot. Uh, and so I, I do think that, that that his availability will matter. All right, but after the break, we're going to go through real quick here what the Heat might have to give up. And again, is it possible that Tyler Hero and Bradley Beal could be on the same roster? Um, you know, or maybe Tyler doesn't go to Washington but goes somewhere else. I do want to mention a couple of sponsors here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. I'm, I'm surprised Danny isn't texting me right now to ask me where Bradley Beal's going. He's a huge Miami Heat fan. You can find All Pro Construction Builders at, conveniently enough, allproconstructionbuilders.com or call Danny directly at 305-484-4429, 305-484-4429. Hurricane season has already started in South Florida, okay? But you have a little bit of time. So reach out to him at allproconstructionbuilders.com or check him out on Instagram or, again, on the website and make sure you get those hurricane windows, the storm windows, the doors, and all that stuff. Because you do not want to have an issue later where you're scrambling for shutters, uh, you know, five minutes before a storm's coming. Okay, so reach out to Danny and his team. They're based in Dade County, but they can service Monroe and Broward as well. And they only use locally made American products, family owned and operated. It's a family business and it's a South Florida business. Reach out to them. All pro construction builders that can also do the renovations. If you're not planning on leaving your house anytime soon, but you want to make it look better. And if you mention five reasons, you get a 10% discount on your entire order. So reach out to Danny and his team, 305-484-4429. We also do want to mention prize picks. We're going to be giving away more promo funds this week. We know the NBA is over with it. The WNBA is not. Neither is Major League Baseball. Neither is boxing, MMA, tennis. We've got the U.S. Open golf going on right now. You can play all of it at prize picks. Use the code 5FIVE. And again, the NFL props are up there for the season as well. So play two and play Tyreek Hill. They're both on the board right now. Use the code 5FIVE. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's get to this part of it. Greg, what would it take? What do we think? Because I, Brady's right in this regard. Um, I don't think there's a huge hurry here. No. Uh-huh. Right? So, so, a, so you just wait it out? I don't know if you wait it out. This may um, impose itself upon the heat at quicker than, you know, it could be a draft day kind of thing. But the same way that I think Heat fans are like, what the hell is happening? The finals just ended and now the draft is next week and free agency is the week after that. There's a human element in this folks. And although the Miami heat are the most prepared organization on planet earth, there is a little bit of like, they're like, what the hell? We just got done with this finals. <laughs> right. How the right. hell? So I do think that we should understand that this is not a situation where the heat have been sitting around in a room 
twiddling their thumbs, wondering how the hell they were going to get Bradley Beal for the last six weeks. They've been trying to win a championship and now they're immediately pivoting. And so this is not some feverish thing where the Heat are like tied to their phone to get Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal has a no trade clause. You know what that does to, to Washington? It effectively has Brad Bradley Beal controls where he goes. And to some element, if he wants to make it ugly, and I don't think Washington, if they want to go in a new direction, wants to necessarily make this ugly after Beal has stuck around this long, he can kind of dictate who the hell's coming back for him. Like there's been deals on the table in Miami's past where you've had players say, no, wait, that's too many players coming back for me. Let's check. Thank you. And so I think that we need to just think about the way history works with this. And Miami's not going to empty the cupboard. So like the, the question becomes, will it take Hero? Even Hero, after the new league year, you would have to add Duncan Robinson to him to match salaries for a player like Bradley Beal. And then you have to ask, how much more do you have to add to that? Do you take Kyle Lowry's expiring contract and wait for Oladipo to opt in and use his expiring contract? Mm-hmm. But then you have to kind of hope that Oladipo is opting in and wait till June 29th. Don't think the Heat want to do that. It basically boils down to if Washington wants to make this move on draft night, the Heat are going to have to make a decision. Is this the primary move of the summer? Because I still think they're going to need to make another move of some kind to fortify the front court. And is it what what's the cost? Because I don't know at this point if um like emptying out all the draft picks and Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal that the Heat need to do that, nor that Washington has any leverage to ask for that. So we'll see where it goes. But I, Washington is in a bad spot right now. Well, they are, and they're in a bad spot in part because they gave the contract to a guy who didn't end up leading them anywhere. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other issues, and, and he obviously had the no trade. Um, and it, it, this just feels so different from the Dame deal in in, in, a, in a few ways. Uh, one, obviously, uh, and we'll talk more about Dame in a specific episode. One is, you know, that it feels like it's further along with Beal right now. It still feels like Dame is sort of seeing what Portland does uh, with that number three pick before this goes anywhere. And I, I saw them some get Beal. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. And, and I, well, look, I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. I and, and the other thing is, you saw some of the reporters who've been reporting the Dame thing a certain way, they kind of pivoted back a little bit today. And I think everybody's sort of waiting in part because there's other stuff going on in the league. Like what is New Orleans doing with Zion? Like that affects some stuff here in terms of who makes a move. Is Charlotte going to take Scoot number two? Or are they going to take Brandon Miller number two? And if Scoot drops to three, how attractive is he to Portland? How does that affect things? Well, again, we'll have Sean Hyken on, on Monday. I, I just think when you look at the Dame situation too and the Beal situation, to me, the loyalty thing with Dame is much stronger here. Beal stayed. He got his money. Okay. I don't feel like Beal has ever really put pressure on the Washington front office, at least not publicly, to improve the team. In the way that Dame's thing to me feels more like, okay, this guy sacrificed for Portland. He has repeatedly. And now it's finally like KG where it's like, okay, maybe if I don't go now, I can never go win anything. And so that's, or at least not as a top three guy on a team. The Beal thing uh, to me, I don't feel like, Washington is going to feel like they owe it to him in any way, the way that maybe Portland might feel they owe it to Dame. It just doesn't feel like he has the, quite the same connection to the city that Dame has. But you mentioned it, Greg, and I think, Alex, you know, as we get to kind of what you give up compensation-wise, uh, we have seen players like Shaq, for instance. When he came to Miami, I'm coming, but you're keeping Dwayne. <laughs> like, you know, 
you can trade everybody else for me, but I'm not going there unless Dwayne. Carmelo Anthony did the opposite, and it probably cost him maybe a finals appearance because Carmelo forced his way to New York from Denver, but he had to do it then because he wanted to get all of his money. And so Gallinari and Wilson Chandler and Mozgov and other pieces who would have been helpful there were gutted from the roster. And so I, I do think that Bradley Beal, because of the no trade clause, could say, I mean, I want to go there, but I mean, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to say I want to play with Tyler, but I want to play with somebody that maybe they get for Tyler in the front court, or maybe it's, you know, a Porzingis type who I know there's some issues there, but it does feel like Beal can dictate a little. This is, it puts the heat a bit in the driver's seat. Alex. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that was for me. Yeah, no, I, no but, I, but I'm, I'm just I'm saying like it does feel like there, there is – Miami has some control here. It seems like the only thing they don't have control over is, is the time. Like Greg is saying that this may be put on the table for them on draft night. They may have to make a decision, but beyond that, as far as what Miami decides to do, it does feel like they have a certain amount of leverage here in the situation, because I don't know that Bradley Beal is going to want the heat roster to be gutted. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a pretty good situation for the heat, right? Like, um, just to think about the way that this this whole season went right after a summer where everything was about KD and Mitchell, right? And obviously there's been other guys in the past who have come up and we've talked about them because that's what we're going to do. But this situation just, it feels very nice for the Heat, right? Cozy compared to those other ones because of the no trade clause, because of the other things we've already talked about, because of the kind of years of open flirting between the two parties. It feels like this would be just a, a situation they can kind of um, circle back to. But I do think if if it became a draft night type of thing, they would probably do everything they could to get it done on draft night at a price that they feel comfortable with, which I know isn't really saying much. But if you feel that you have as much leverage as, as you're saying, right, then you can kind of just say, hey, um, we'll give you Tyler, Kyle, and then you kind of have to force them to ask for a pick, something like that, and maybe that's where you max out. Maybe they'd rather take on Kyle than Duncan um, just because he's an expiring contract. Whereas, you know, if you trade for Tyler and Duncan, you're taking on two long-term deals. Um, so that feels like maybe the most likely outcome if you were to get traded to the Heat. I, I don't know. Maybe you can somehow get back at DeLon Wright. I, I think he's still under contract for next season. If you're trading out multiple guys to somebody who's a smaller contract, it doesn't seem like it's possible for them to get in on maybe – grabbing a second huge contract i mean not possible but likely right so it feels like that would be... specifically right is that is that the major one we're talking about here yeah, yeah. but also just the likes like what barry jackson was talking about today of there being a path for beal and dame it's like everything would have mm. to the stars would have to align for that to happen right and the pocketbooks right yeah right but i i just think they're in a very cozy situation right now um you know, I still would think they would try to get it done sooner than later because, you know, th these types of situations can change quickly. And if, you know, if he has as much interest in playing for the Bucks as they do in him or something like that, and he's like, okay, I I'm good with going to Milwaukee. I might win a title over there. Um, you know, you got to be careful not to play your leverage a little bit too hard, right? Where <laughs> all of a sudden he gets traded to a different contender that he'll be okay playing for, even if it's not his number one option. Um, so I think because of all these different um, factors, you might be able to get him pretty early in this offseason. And it's crazy. Like what Leif was saying, it's just, man, the playoffs just ended. The finals just ended. Now, you know, they're about to draft somebody and they might 
had like Bradley Beal added by the trade. I mean, um, by the draft night, like it's every this has been such a roller coaster past couple of months, man. Well, well, and, and the thing about it is, you know, we talk about subtracting Tyler potentially, but they didn't have Tyler in the playoffs. So you really you would be adding Bradley Beal to a team that got to the finals. Uh, and you'd be losing, you know, maybe a Lowry, maybe a Robinson. Now, I'm going to close with – I want to go to Brady on something, but I'm going to close with Greg. So, Greg, give it some thought here on how a roster would be filled out if they do some things like this because it's clearly – there's still needs for the Heat. Um, but I, I think one of the benefits here is with the Bradley Beal trade, you may not have to throw in a Caleb Martin, uh, which you might be asked for another team, or a Jovich, which you might be asked for another team. And, again, those are pieces that you keep or you move somewhere else. And then there's the Struce Vincent stuff that we talked about and what money might be left over. But I, I just want to get to this again, because I, I just, I want people to understand the numbers on this contract, Brady, because I mean, 43 million this past year, 46.7 next year. Okay. Uh, 50.2 in 24, 25, when he's going to be 31, 53.7 million dollars in when his age 32 year, and then when he's 33, he has a player option for $57.1 million. Like, there was a freakout about what Jimmy would be like at the end of his contract. And I understand, again, at the end of his extension. And I understand, again, Jimmy came to, you know, came to the Heat and then signed the extension at an older you know, age than we're talking about Beal being now. $57.1 million in the year 26-27. Now, TV contracts, rise in the salary cap, rise in the luxury tax thresholds aside, that's a shitload of money. Like, for a guy who's going to, again, at age 33, is going to be, I mean, um, what? I mean, he hasn't been available the past three years, four years. Is, is it, does that concern you? I mean, hearing those numbers when you're shooting, you're when your shooting percentage is the salary you're making a year. Like that sounds pretty crazy <laughs> with the fact that he shot 51 percent from the field this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is concerning, especially with to your point. Like we've like dissected the Tyler Bam Jimmy contracts. Mm-hmm. I feel like ever since then, and then you, just like in a blink of an eye, a week after being in the right. finals, you have to take this on. But hey, that's for. That's for guys like Andy and the people in the front office, I guess, to deal with. And they're probably prepared for this much more than we're sitting here talking like it it, it sounds like. Uh, but it's definitely tough. I just wanted – I know you asked me about the contract, but I wanted to throw in another subject because it kind of plays off the the Beal thing. The, we talked about it yesterday. We talked about the Max stuff and, and you know, we, there was the package going out there about Tyler and Duncan. It changes things up, though, when you're sitting here and you're sending out Duncan and a potential jury for Beal. Max is walking. All of a sudden, you go from your having multiple specialists, and now you don't have a specialist. Now maybe you have to look at the draft, and you have to say, "We need to get a specialist in this draft to try to fill in or undrafted and try to play that range again." But I just think that part of it's interesting because you mentioned the kind of the Bradley Beal three point percentages. As much as we mentioned that, hypothetically, we've seen guys when they get to Miami and their shooting percentages from deep specifically will just rise up. So I wouldn't be overly dissecting a specifically his three point percentage. But you need the right guys around him. Like you still are yeah. going to have to fill that in, and I think that's what you're heading, kind of finishing this this off with Greg, kind of filling out the rest of the roster. But that's what I'm kind of curious to because we've been saying like, well, we're, pick between Gabe and Max. It's like, yeah, Max goes because at worst case scenario, you have Duncan as a backup option. But if he's going out as a salary filler, there's kind of things you have to fill out with your roster as well there. So I'm I'm interested to see what they do there. But yeah, if you're 
in a scenario if you're getting Beal and you're not able to get Dame and this this massive Dame Beal package that everybody's talking about, you're still going to need Gabe as well. So it's not like you're like switching your options like, oh, okay, now we need Max. No, you still need Gabe because you need a point guard to run your offense a lot of this time. But it's going to be interesting decision-making, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot of decisions to make. Uh, this is why I always felt the NFL did it better by having the draft uh, after free agency. Agree. Right? It's I, I, I've always felt that way. I know some in the Heat have felt that way because it, it feels a little bit like the Darrell Wright thing we've talked about where – they drafted Darrell Wright over Jameer Nelson and then traded for Shaq. Like two weeks later, it was like, oh, well, Darrell's not, Darrell's not a fit here. Well, Napier too, right, exactly. Napier, who, who LeBron pushed for, and then, okay, without, well, he's useless here. Uh, and maybe he wouldn't have been to quite the same degree if, if the team had looked different because you were looking for a playoff-ready guy, so you draft Napier, who just won a national championship. Again, you to remedy the Jameer Nelson mistake from a few years ago, and then you went the other direction. Instead of becoming a contender like you did in 2004 – you went to a non-contender in 2014 because LeBron left. Um, I, I guess, though, Greg, you know, first thing, I, I think this accentuates the fact that they need to just draft best player available because you don't really know how this stuff is going to fall out. So it's like you can't draft, okay, we have a need at this position, but the need may change You're right. in, a week, in a week or two weeks. So you just draft BPA, and, and then you hope you have a player who's maybe, if, if you don't want him, eventually he's coveted by somebody else, and he can be packaged to do something else. But I mean, let's go to it here. I mean, let, let's go the let's let's assume Beal is traded here, which we can't do. Okay, in your view, what would be the percentage chance that Tyler Hero is included in that trade, and maybe not to Washington necessarily, but to mm-hmm. Washington or some other team as part of it, or maybe you know to get the picks that Washington may need if they are going full rebuild. The the short response is, I think. Um... Hero would be included in some way, shape, or form back to Washington. I don't know. I think that that's where this expands because Bradley Beal for Tyler Hero as a swap, Miami still needs other, to get other stuff done. Like they got yeah. Gabe and Max's free agents. They still have holes in the front court. I mean, what ailed them in the 2025 finals and the 2023 finals? They had players that were. They needed more size. They needed more mm-hmm. mobility that was big and length and, and stuff like that. So they need like this perfect mix of getting bigger, but also getting better. And so I think a Beal move, it, it could expand because they could use really a trade as their best vehicle to acquire more talent on the roster. It's not signing free agents. They're likely not even going to have their taxpayer mid-level because of how much their payroll is rolling up to at this current moment. That could change if they use the 18th pick to slash payroll on draft Mm. night, um, something like that. But that's where you don't know where they're going to go, but I'll, I'll end with this part of it. The new CBA has slotted in rookie scale contracts for second round picks now. So you don't mm-hmm. need to use exception money. You actually have a, a scaled rookie deal that is independent of your tax situation if you have a second-round pick. Look for Miami to get into the second round of the draft. That's a really good way of getting cost-controlled players you like for value, and you can get them locked up. I would also say look for the undrafted players that sneak out of this draft and, and don't get drafted. Miami will have to be really smart about that because any – this CBA is designed for teams t- with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and Bradley Beal's salaries to not be able to happen. Like they're yes. trying to prevent this. So 
essentially you had to fill it out really, really smart with a lot of really low salary players. And, um, and they even are more trying to go against getting Dame as well into that situation. Yeah. So that, that part feels really like a pipe dream for Bradley Beal. Um, I, th- I think Hero's going to get involved, but to Washington, I don't know. Cause also this, I'll, I'm going to shut up after I say this, does a roster even make sense to have Tyler Hero and Bradley Beal on it together anyway? So that's yeah. the other part of it that I think it's just a larger conversation to, Bra- to Brady's point. Can you imagine the freak out if the Heat trade out of 18 and don't add anything else on trade night, but it's just on draft night, but it's just to kind of cut salary because people, because again, Heat fans are going to wonder, is anything else coming? Uh, and, you know, it's like the Deadman deal, you know, when they traded Deadman to get off of money. But I mean, w- would it make sense? I mean, what you're saying, would it make sense to trade the, the, you know, the 18th pick to pick up a second round pick? Like you said, it would be cost controlled, independent of the cap, save you a little bit of money or independent of the tax. Sorry. And then pick up this for and a, and a 2029 second round pick or something along those lines. Okay. Or you take a stash player or you do something like that in the second round. What's funny is the Heat haven't usually used the second round very well over the years. They've, they've, they've done much better with the guys who don't get drafted in the yep. second round and they, they drop out. I mean, their second round picks of note are basically Mario Chalmers and Josh Richardson. Is there another I've missed? I mean, I, uh, over the years, they really uh, haven't used it very effectively. But then as soon as a guy is through the second round, all their agents are calling Miami to try to get them there. And Miami's ready to pounce on them again in the summer league. But this is why guys like Jamal Kane and Orlando Robinson and some of these others who spoke on exit interview day, we did devote a little bit of time to them because again, if you make the splash move with Beal, there may be roles for some of those guys here at the back end of the rotation in the same way that there was for Caleb Martin the year before or Haywood Highsmith this past season. Right. So uh, you know, I, I think that you know we'll see if they sub out other guys for them, but a guy like Jamal Kane might have an opportunity here to crack the Heat's top 10 at some point uh, this season. All right, we'll see where this goes. Again, I don't mean to be too negative on it because I've been so positive on it, but I, I think the one positive here is it's going to cost a lot less in terms of assets to get Bradley Beal than it would have a couple of years ago. Yep. But it's going to cost a lot more money. And the question is how that affects other things that the Heat do, and you're talking about a player who's a couple years older now than he was before and has more injuries than he had before and still hasn't really beaten the – hasn't won anything allegations. And I understand what everybody's talking about with Bosch. Um, Chris Bosch did take a team to the playoffs pretty much by himself with that roster. You know, Bradley has Bradley Beal done – I mean, I'll ask you guys, Bradley Beal done that? Like, John Wall was the best player on that team, right? When they got to the they were co-stars, it was okay. Close. Fair enough. Paul Pierce, I, well, I, you know what? I don't want to end an episode with Paul Pierce. I should have done that, but he made the big shots in that series. I'm sorry. Scratch that for the record. N five on the floor here. Thanks to OceansFinest.com, Altberg Construction Builders, Prize Picks. Use the code five F I V. As I mentioned, draft coverage. We'll have that starting over the weekend. Subscribe to Off the Floor, and then of course Monday, uh, starting Monday. I don't know if they'll air. I'll publish Monday, but Sean Hyken, uh, Bobby Marks, and others. We're gonna have a, a bunch of really good episodes here. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, who get it done.